Welcome to Social Capital Expert, a show where we discover the value of social capital and how cultivating strategic relationships is critical to our success. In each episode, your host, Sarah Francis McDaniel, will explore the stories of fascinating people from all over the world to better understand how their ability to build relationships has led to their success. We will uncover tips, tricks, and practical ways that you too can become a social capital expert. Hi, Keo, and thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you. So uh, before we get into what you're doing now and today's current uh, exciting news, let's uh, talk a little bit about where you come from. Do you mind giving us a little bit of background about maybe where you're from and what you study? Sure, absolutely. So I'm from Denver, Colorado, and I know there are not a lot of people who can say that these days, but I'm born and raised in Denver, Colorado. And I went off way off into the East Coast, went to Cornell University. And after going to Cornell, had a consulting job in New York City for a little while, um, for and a consulting job with my sorority, Kappa, Kappa Gamma, for a little while. And I studied psychology. And I thought what I wanted to do, honestly, is I thought I wanted to be a therapist for young children. I thought I wanted to do psychoanalytic therapy for little young kids. And wow. when I was practicing that, yeah, um, I learned that that was a challenge and just because I was doing work with kids who had been abused and I decided that in order for me to actually make a real impact in the world, I needed to do something different, make money, and maybe I could, you know, actually change those services for those children in a different way. And so I took those skills and thought about what did I like best about psychology and what I like best about psychology is how you influence people. There's this book by Robert Cialdini called, um, basically influencing others and he he has a, a, di- a bunch of different research that he does around influence and how we influence each other um, uh, throughout our entire world and throughout our entire lives and so what I really love about psychology is how you can make an impact and influence people on varying levels and I, I translated that into marketing because it, marketing is all about that from beginning to end whether you influence a buying decisions or you influence Um, something that someone is reading or a magazine that they're picking up or how they, or the clothes that they wear. That's what I I transitioned that into. And even furthermore, to make a more of an impact, I thought what makes more sense is to do placemaking in in real estate um, because we don't necessarily just want to influence people on the outside and in a superficial way. But what if we can influence people in their entire lives and it affects generations to come? So the reason why I focus on whether it's um, real estate or placemaking or experiential making is because like I want to be able to influence how we think and behave and what we do um, now and then hundred years to come. Wow. So can you tell us a little bit more about placemaking? What does sure. that mean exactly? Sure. So placemaking um, means a lot of things from a different perspective. So if you're a real estate developer, that means that you're creating place, you're creating a building, you're, you're dealing with the land and you're creating something that somebody can go into and they can either shop or they can eat or they can stay. And from a marketing perspective, placemaking means creating that experience. So you might have the brick and mortar for somebody to go to, but then the marketing person like myself comes in and actually creates an experience that they can have time and time again. And what I think is most important in placemaking 
from a marketing perspective is to make sure the experience changes from time to time. So for example, when you go to, say you go to Six Flags, right? You go to Six Flags, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. And so you only go like once a year. But if you went to Six Flags and every single time you went, it was different, you would go like once a month. Right. And so from a marketing place making perspective, I think it's important to make sure that people are experiencing something new every single time they go, they go to a place. That's huge. I mean, it seems like right now there's such a trend towards experience and that everything mm -hmm. is really about the overall experience that we have, whether it's with the people that we meet in that, you know, in that environment or the environment itself's experience. Um, what is your kind of take on experience? Do you see that there's a definite trend moving towards that being a big piece of the overall process or a picture? Sure, absolutely. Like think about Airbnb, right? Do you see, do you stay in an Airbnb? Yes, and I, I have an Airbnb. Okay, see, and so, but the large part about staying in the Airbnb is this like other experience that you get that you don't get in a hotel, right? In a hotel, you get the whole experience that, oh yeah, they change your sheets every day and they wash your towels every day those type of things. But that's not really what we care about when we're actually traveling or visiting, right? We want to get to know the place that we're in. We want to feel like a personal experience. When you stay in an Airbnb, you all of a sudden get immersed in the culture, the experience of the place. You feel like you live there. Like I went to Venice Beach and I stayed in this like little cottage right off the gondolas. And I went to the farmer's market every day and I walked to the beach and I took a scooter over to do shopping. Like it was like I lived there for a week, right? And that was the experience that made it so memorable that all of a sudden I went from tourists to actually living in Venice Beach. And I think the whole point of the experience economy is that people have started to realize that they can't take those towels with them, right? But they can take the memories and the experience with them. And I mean, you like those who die with the most stuff still dies, right? And so, but those who die with the most memories, they probably have the largest funeral on the planet. So I think that people are realizing that what is most valuable is to have experiences with those people that you love and in places that you love. I, I totally agree. And thank you for, for giving us your thoughts on that. How about um, taking us back a little bit? So you were Cornell, New York City, and then mm -hmm. you started kind of going down this path more of the marketing piece. And then where, where did you go? You came back to Denver? So yeah, so I was in Denver when I made that decision. I started my first company in Denver. It was a, it was a, a guerrilla marketing company. And what that looks like is um, I had street teams all over Denver um, running campaigns and giving away like promo items. So like when you see somebody, like you've been in a bar and you, and some, some pretty girl comes up to you and like, hands you a shot and asks for your opinion and takes a picture of you, right? So I had teams all over doing things like that from like doing like sports to Super Target to um, Wells Fargo to United Airlines. We were all over the city giving away free things, getting feedback and getting people to buy more, right? And so I did that for a little while. I sold that company and how I split that company apart is I actually, um, all the people who worked for me, they went and worked for someone else and then I just sort of got a commission off of that, right? Okay. And so because it wasn't, I didn't really have assets to sell. It was really just people. Oh, there were 65 of us and and they, we were gathering data for clients so then clients could do something with that for the future and for the future of their product. And so I had that company for a few years. And then I, after that company, I started another marketing 
agency where I stopped and I had a job actually. I had a W2 job and which is at, a, at an agency and I was like their SEO director or their SEO and market research director. And then after that, I had that job for a couple of years. Then, because in between like being an entrepreneur, like you get burnt out, like you get tired of the hustle. Like yeah. sometimes you just want somebody to put a paycheck in your hands, right? And you're like, okay, I'll do this for this and I don't have to do the hustle. And so sometimes you need a break. So I took a break from the hustle and then I started another company and it's was, it was a digital company at first. So I just did um, SEO, SEM, pay-per-click, things like that. And then it, over time, over like a, the eight, seven, eight year period, it grew into a full service. I, I don't really like the term agency because we were a partner with whomever we worked with, with ever, whoever our clients were. We were extension of their team. And my com- that company didn't have a brick and mortar. I had people working all over the world, actually. Um, some people I had never seen in real life. Like we only talk like this. Wow. And, Yeah. And I know today that that's like, that's normal. But then like imagine eight years ago, people were like, what? You guys will sit in the office together? Yeah. People could not wrap their heads around it. Like that we were all like in a coffee shop somewhere in the world. (laughs) And so with that one, that lasted for about eight years. And then um, in between, like right around the seventh year mark, I let everyone know that I was fizzling out. Like I was getting a little tired. And I helped all of them. How that company worked is they were all 1099s except for like administrative tasks. Like, so my accountant and things like that were all, those are W2s. Everyone else was a 1099. So then they were free to do other things. And then also uh, it kept the quality high because if they knew that they essentially were competing against each other, like a designer, one designer could get a job, get one of the projects yet. And another designer didn't. And I had times where one designer, I felt like they were a little burnt out and I would tell them, hey, why don't you sit this one out and I'm going to give it to somebody else. So it always kept the quality high. And so once I was ready to move on myself, I helped all of them start like 1099 or 1099 companies. And whether if they already, if they didn't have one, I helped them move it forward or help them with the website or whatever it might to take to elevate them to the next level so that they can continue forward essentially without me or without work for me and even still to this day I still work with some of them if um, if I need some of that help and they're all doing really great which which is which is what's the that's the whole point of us doing this right is that right. we actually get skills and we become like experts in what we do and then we pass the torch like we pass it on so that somebody else can do the same right? like we can't hold on to it forever we can't stay in that light forever we have to like move out of the light and be in the shadow so somebody else can be in the light right and then so then after that I took another job so I've only had like a handful of jobs in my life if you saw my resume it's like company 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 couple jobs and, and so I have to explain that to people if they ever see my resume but then I took another job as a VP of marketing for a real estate developer in Denver. So I worked on projects like Dairy Block, Denver Union Station, Sentara, which is in Loveland, a myriad of other projects that I could list. But those are ones that are sort of like key, you know, places that people would know and would go. And then that, after that, I had that for a couple of years. And then, you know what? I needed a, honestly, I needed a break in life. Like in life, I was like, I am tired. I am done. And obviously I can't retire because like, I'd be like, <laughs> then what, right? <laughs> so I just like sat on beaches and traveled and for about nine months. And wow. I lived in like 
ripped up jeans and no makeup and flip flops. <laughs> it was awesome. Like I came back to Denver for like the top women in business awards because they were honoring, it was like, like a year mark. I don't remember what year it was, but it was a marker. So all of us had won before set, like they wanted us to come. And I came and it was the first time I had been in high heels and like, six months or something and I swear to god I lasted like 20 minutes and I was like oh my gosh I have to take these shoes off because <laughs> I've been in flip-flops for like the longest time and, and you and are like the queen of fashion I mean every time I've seen you it's like I'm like look at her outfit it's so cool you've got the coolest shoes and uh just, super, just super fun and and spunky um so I can imagine you know you dress down a little bit for a while and it kind of gets out of the habit yeah, completely. And so I was like totally a little for a second. I was like, oh, wait, I'm, am I still myself? <laughs> but I would advise anybody. I wish I had done that so much sooner because I came back so refreshed and, and understand standing where I wanted to make my next impact, how I wanted to be um, fulfilled in life. Like it came back in such a refreshed place that I would advise anybody. I don't know if you need to take like nine months off like I did, but I definitely advise people to take a break and a real break, not like a two week vacation break, but like really say, I'm going to take a month off or I'm going to take three months off or something like that to really just take a breather and travel around and don't sit in the same space. Um, I traveled, I saw different people, listen, were immersed in different cultures and it really helped to like put my world into perspective for what I'm doing next. Uh, that's awesome. I, I'm like with you, I love to do that. And just to get the heck out and just take a moment. That's so cool that you could do that. So then yeah. now you've come back and now what, where are you now? So right now what I'm doing is I'm, I'm not starting another company right now. I'm just doing individual consulting all by myself, which is really awesome. And which I love like working with people, but this is the first time that I've ever just not built a business and I'm just, just marketing myself. And it's a different room and it's delicate way to do something where you're, you don't seem like you're boasting too much and you're in, you are actually having that balance between here's what I can provide and benefit to you. And then here's why you want to choose me, but then also being humble. So I'm working on this balance and because I'm just marketing me and that's just a different sort of place to be in because I'm not, you know, I imagine like it's probably pretty easy for like comedians or celebrities or something. Cause yeah, boasting yourself is like what you need to be doing. But what I'm doing is I need people to be convinced that I'm not boasting about me, but I'm good enough for for them to hire me to help them get to where they want to be. So it's a, it's a totally different thing, but it's really fun and interesting. So right now I'm working on clients, like um, a few developers in town, some I can't really say, but um, pretty much in the Denver, greater Denver area. Most of them are either real estate developers or city and county of Denver clients. Um, and it's all around this idea of creating a great place. And um, it's really fun. I get to work with lots of different people. and and lots of different cultures. And it's, to say that in Denver is amazing because I remember when I was growing up, culture was not a word you would use to describe Denver, Colorado. I yeah. <laughs> but you, today... I'm a native as well, just so you know. So cheers uh, yeah. native. Uh, yeah. But I agree, even 15... I moved to Denver about 15 or 16 years ago and there was virtually... I mean, it was, it was interesting. Yeah, so but now, like, there's actually different cultures here, which is really cool. And um, so it's, 
so what I'm doing, so I'm um, doing individual consulting. And what I started, I started this arm called the fractional executive. And what that is, is where I have a couple of executives on board who it's kind of like this idea that it's not, it's not interim. It's not part-time. It's someone that can be immersed in your team um, for a short period of time like a few weeks, three months to six months. And then, um, and they help you with strategy or planning things that maybe you really need. You need a high level person to come in and help you do. And usually startups need it or small companies need that. And then they exit and let you execute and then maybe come back and reevaluate. And so I've been doing that for a couple of companies now where I've just been in for like literally like 60 or 90 days, come in, help them with the strategy, help them really get set up and whatever it is. Obviously, I do marketing. I have other people on the board who are doing operations, finance. I'm talking to someone today who can help with the technology side and, and then also with the healthcare side. But a lot of those things, people in small companies, they, they wish that they could hire for, but they can't. And so I'm just offering something that is a need for a small company who needs somebody in that particular expertise that is, a, that is chief level and... And they can come in, create a plan, create a strategy, and then exit. And you don't have to pay them for a salary. You know, those, those types are expensive and healthcare is expensive. All those things are expensive, but you can still get the similar benefit, like as if you were a large company uh, for a short period of time and, and you can continue to forge forward and grow your company. So that's what I'm doing now. And it's really interesting. It's fun. I'm meeting a lot of smaller type companies that, um, have these really innovative, interesting ideas. I met with this healthcare app that we're trying to merge healthcare and and the the ability to so like for example, you could go into a dentist and say, "Hey, here are all my records right here in this app," versus them having to do everything all over again, oh. which is really cool. Yeah, which is really cool. So, uh, what's been fun about it is being able to um, see a lot of people with these really interesting, innovative ideas. Um, and then plus I'm also involved in blockchain. So I'm also meeting a lot of people who have ideas around blockchain and how to use that technology and those systems to make all of our other systems a lot better and a much more efficient. So it's been good so far, but I just started it, like literally just launched it, this in the last few months. Wow. That's so awesome. I mean, ever since the moment I met you, um, I have just been like, I think I even told you, like, I want your job. Uh, how do I get you where you want to go so that I can, because uh, I just, you just have such a presence about you and you can tell that you are a people person and that you are able to connect with people in a very real and authentic way. Um, and I just think it's undeniable mm -hmm. that my personal experience with you um, and has been. And so when, when you look, I mean, I can hear you talk and you definitely have, are passionate about what you um, have done and where you're going and, and kind of all of that. Where do you think a lot of that passion comes from? That's a great question. But before I answer that question, yeah. I want to thank you for that, for that comment. That was such a beautiful comment and that totally made my day. So thank you. I really appreciate that. I think it's, it's so important to be authentic in a world where like authenticity seems to be sat on the back burner. So I really appreciate that comment. And where my passion comes from is I think for me, like my, I think my calling in life is to make an impact on the world. And obviously like you can choose to be positive or negative. Right. And I know that sounds sort of trite and like everyone says they want to make an impact, but I really truly try every day to say, what am I doing today to make an impact? Even if it's just on a micro level and it's, 
what I think is most valuable about that is not just saying, oh yeah, I want to create big change in the world, but I actually actually am committed to trying every day. So when, when I'm thinking about something that I'm going to do next, or when I'm thinking about some sort of passion project, and I'll tell you about a passion project that I'm doing right now, then I'm thinking about, well, am I, is that going to make an impact? Is that going to create change? Is that going to solve a world problem? Or am I going to bring people together to do so? And so when your mindset, when you think that that is like your calling, then like my mindset is always there. And if I start down a path, I'm like, you know what, this is no longer making an impact or it's no longer creating change, then I stop doing that because that's not what I want to continue to do. And like, so for example, this one thing that I've just recently started, uh, it came from my idea of attending the summit. Um, I don't know if you attended the summit in LA or Tulum or they have a mountain summit. It's this idea of these people who get together who are like-minded who actually want to solve world problems and create change. And I, and you have to get invited to it and apply and all that. And I went to LA and I went to Tulum and I love the summit. I think it's, I think it's such an amazing way to pull people together that, um, that maybe they've been doing it on their own, whether they've started a company or whether they've started a nonprofit, but these individuals are really truly here to solve world problems. And I love it. Okay. Um, the only challenge I have is that not everyone gets access to the summit, right? And so I started something similar. It's obviously not like the summit. The summit is amazing and it's grand scale and it's like, you know, it's amazing. But mine is a smaller level. It's local and um, it's called New Thinkers. And it's similar, like bringing like-minded individuals together and like bring in people who can talk about, like I brought in a couple of artivists, which is someone who is an artist and activist and how those things collide together. And I brought in um, some people who have talked about their career where they, they maybe do one thing as, a, as an activist or like a director at a nonprofit, but then on their personal side, maybe they do, they're a singer or a songwriter or something like that. And how do those things play together in their world? And it's a curated list, list of about 100 people from individuals, from real estate developers, politicians to, you know, the, the artist right next to me um, that lives in my same my same building. And so um, that it's called New Thinkers and I'm bringing those people together because we talk about how are we actually making an impact, a positive impact, and how are we creating great change and solving world problems. And since I've done, I started that in 20, um, 2019. And since I've done that, um, actually people in the group have gotten together separately to create, to start businesses or start an organization or start something to where they really are actually solving world problems. So I feel like it's been a success and I'm going to continue it and see where it goes and how it grows. Um, and so that lends itself to where my passion lies is like, if we're not making an impact, if we're not, like I said, we have the light and we're moving out of it, out of it to let someone else be in the light. If we're not doing those things, then what is the point of us being here? Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So when is your uh, new thinkers? Have you already done one or is it, is there one mm -hmm. coming up? Are they quarterly? How often, what does that look like? So I do them quarterly and I've already done two um, so far this year and I'll have three more um, for the rest of the year. And I'm happy to include you on the invite list so that you can come. I'm planning the next two right now and they're going to be pretty cool. The, the last one is going to be pretty epic, I think. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you said a lot of things in there, but I, I feel like one of the themes that continues to come up in the things that you're talking about is your ability to either connect with people 
or how connecting with these people, I mean, it's because you have a relationship with this person and this person and this person that you're able to pull them all together to create this new thinkers um, group. Do you, mm -hmm. do you find that, you know, your relationship and your ability to connect with people has an impact on your ability to be successful? I, I think so. Like, I think if I couldn't connect with people, I probably wouldn't be doing this, right? I think that if I, you know, and that's, and that's okay. Like some people want to sit behind a computer and those who are completely valuable to you. And so I think if I wasn't such a social charismatic person, then I probably would be doing something else altogether. Um, but we need all types of people to make this work. And so we, all of our little, what we bring to the table and all of the things that, that make us valuable, even though it's like all of us have this little piece of the puzzle, then we all make up the puzzle. So I think, yes, I would, what, what makes me who I am is what makes me do what I do. But also if I was a different person, I'd be doing something else and it's all valuable. Agreed. I totally agree. Do you think, um, you know, how, how do you see your ability to have a network or to build a network, kind of the power of your network? How have you seen that really play a role in where you've come or where you're going, where you are even? Sure. Okay. That's an awesome question. So when I started, I think it was the first, was it the first company? I think that every single company I've started, honestly, like I wouldn't get the projects that I would have gotten if I wasn't out there networking. I constantly in people's faces, constantly at events, constantly there. Because when people see you, they remember you, that you're top of mind, and that's your own sort of marketing tool without, because, you know, when I started my first time, I didn't have any marketing dollars. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you know, I thought I could just put aside like a few hundred dollars and that would work. And of course that didn't work. And so I think that it's so, right, it's so important that I had to use myself, like my human capital to actually put myself in front of people's faces. And that was my marketing tool. And so I think that there's been so many like, you know, opportunities that have come my way because I've been top of mind, um, because I'm a, such a networker and because people see me out and about all the time at the award shows and the galas and at all of the events that are important to attend. So you think events, I mean, when you look at it through digital and face-to-face um, -face marketing, do you see them both as equally important? Is there one that's more important over the other? What is your thought on that? So, so I think that they're completely separate. So, um, from a face-to-face -face marketing is one thing and digital marketing is another face-to-face -face is highly important. You can't do one without the other. So when it comes to me having, um, international clients that all comes through digital marketing and it is incredibly important to be on the digital side on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, it's important to be authentic, have a voice, and also use the different platforms differently. Uh, so if you look at my Instagram versus my Facebook versus my Telegram, all of them, I interact very differently with people on there and you get to know different sides of me. And um, digital has, I, like my, my second company, I had digital clients and international clients from all of my interactions on social media before I had local clients. Like even today, I get, I get calls and contacts all the time coming through me from social media. So I would never ever um, discount one versus the other. They are both equally important. It just depends on what you're trying to do, what markets you're trying to be in, and who you're trying to be face-to-face -face with, like digitally and literally. 
That's great advice. And do you think that there are a few like key ingredients or what, what would you say are the key ingredients to building really quality relationships or, or to building your, the power of your network? The key ingredients to building quality relationships, I would say, is to, is, okay, I'm going to tell you two things that I think are very important. Be strategic about who you're connecting with and how. Um, and be flexible in that, but also, but being strategic about it will take, will get you a long way. Like, don't just connect with everybody and anybody. Be strategic about how you're, you're connecting with certain individuals or maybe an individual that has like a degree of separation from somebody else that you want to connect with. It's highly important to do that. And also, I think it's important to be authentic and not to seem um, fake or as if or seem superficial. Like be genuine and genuinely the people you're trying to connect with also know something about them, um, know how you can benefit them. It's not about you. It's about them. Like if you're trying to get work, it is never about you. It was always about them and about how you're going to help them get to where they want to be. So I would say those two things are important. Have a strategy, be strategic and be authentic. Awesome. That's great advice. Um, do you, on that note, do you have any advice for people who are listening or watching? Uh, you have such an extensive marketing background. You also have an extensive entrepreneurial background. Um, and your network is huge. Um, so any advice that you have to, to people who are maybe just getting started or maybe they just want to grow their, their um, influence and, and ability? Sure. I would say... I could go down a list of advice, but one thing that has been really helpful and good for me these days is that I've been reading um, this book called Tools of Titans. And you love that book, right? Yes. So it's a great book, but it's like this book that you can read every single day and get like a golden nugget on a day-to-day basis. And so one of the tools I took out of Tools for Titans is that every day, write down three things that your three wins for the day. I don't remember if it was three, it might've been four or whatever, whatever that, but a low number that you can actually accomplish, accomplish. And what I try to do every single day is write down if, if I can get these things done today, right? These are my three wins for the day. And then that makes this a successful day. And what that has done for me is one, keep me focused and then also keep me on task, but also continue forward with like the plan that I have. Um, and I notice that the days that I don't do my three wins, it seems I look up and I'm like, what exactly did I get done today? You know, um, and, and that's one of the tools that I, I did get out of Tools for Titan. So I would say to you, like, that's an uh, advice that I would give is like, do this sort of three wins for the day. And and that's been really helpful. And then also, if you haven't read The Tools for Titans, I would go out and get that book today. That book was awesome. I want to do a capsule wardrobe because of that book. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to be able to get dressed. I mean, the part about how um, people who are super successful, like, don't make a ton of the de- basic decisions every day. They eat the same mm-hmm. thing for breakfast. They wear the same style clothes mm-hmm. every day. I'm like, shoot, I need a capsule wardrobe where I can get dressed in the dark and it all kind of matches. Yeah. That book has a lot. I agree. It, um, it's definitely one worth reading. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. Like I, I appreciate your comment about my style, but I wear black every day and all I do is like think about um, what, what's the weather like and who am I meeting? So like, do I need to be professional? Can I be a little bit you know, more relaxed with it? 
and do I need to wear long sleeves, short sleeves, suit, whatever. And when you wear black every day, it makes it super simple. I don't like to spend too much time on, on thinking about my outfit or thinking about anything else other than how I'm, how am I being successful? How am I moving forward through the day? What do I need to do today to get to my end goal? Yeah, I, uh, I agree. It's, it's like, for me, that doesn't come easily. Now you, you just look like you're put together every time I see you. I'm like, check out those shoes. Heck yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, so fun. So, um, you know, one of the things you mentioned is that you would come back for this women and was it, what is the award you won? Women? In- oh yeah, it was, um, it was, they were commemorating, it was top women in business. And so I think I won that and don't quote me on this. I think it was 16 or 17 I'm not really sure um and so they it was their anniversary and so they wanted all the women from the past to come back so in 20 I think it was in the 2018 or maybe it was early 2019 I can't remember that either but um that must show your age when you can't remember stuff anymore. you're like I don't know it just happened um, but they asked people to come back because they were having their anniversary for those next honorees and so they had all of us who have won in the past sort of sitting in the audience in a special section which is kind of cool to see all the people who had been had actually won that award um but the award was top women in business for the denver business journal well congratulations for that even though it's passed but that's quite the honor and you know when you look at those awards it's like sometimes when you when you win it's all of that stuff that happened that nobody saw necessarily or that nobody it's not like you did all the things that you were doing in order to win that award right Mm-hmm. these things what I uh, kind of what leads what do you think like leads to those abilities to win those awards like is it it's the consistency in the day-to-day is it making the impact I mean how do you think that you reached the place where they nominated you and then you won for that so it's tenacity world with all like sticking to it and um and people take notice so like I said, when, when you're out and about and people take note of you are really in the grind and you're driven and you're delivering on results, then people take notice. And, and so it's not about boasting about yourself. Um, it's not about, um, I, I know a lot of people use social media to boast about their accomplishments and things like that. I tend to find that people get turned off by that. But if you talk about, you know, your like projects you're working on, things that you're doing, things you're involved in. And again, remember, it's not about you. It's about them. If you constantly are pointing the finger out, people start taking notice. Um, But uh, yeah, do you have any like kind of final thoughts that you would want people to walk away without hearing? Sure. Final thoughts. I wish I could be like Oprah and give you like this like amazingly golden nugget that you like changes your life. <laughs> well, you sort of have already given us a lot of golden nuggets, uh, but really just anything in, sure. anything just result in, in response to um, the idea of social capital and the value of our network in relation to our overall success in life, whether that's just happiness sure. or financial success, whatever it might be. So I think our social network and our social capital is I is essentially what makes us like I think that from a, a personal perspective those are the individuals that you choose to go to dinner with right those are the people you call to share your successes with and without them like you you where are we and where would we be and from a business perspective those are the individuals who like um, 
boast about you, who are proud of you, who are kind of your ambassadors and kind of your tribe. And so uh, cultivate those people. Don't forget about those people. Give to them like they give to you and, and continue to grow that network. Um, and make sure, and it's okay as it evolves over life. Like I've noticed that mine evolves. Like sometimes some people are closer than others and sometimes some people are sort of on the outskirts, but then it's kind of like this revolving sort of inner circle that I have. But I would say cultivate those relationships, cultivate those people. And even the ones that, like there's people on digital that I've never even met before. I actually just met somebody over the weekend that we've been social media friends and been supporting each other for years and we just met in person. And I was like, oh my God, right? And so, but the, like we already have a connection because like we've been supporting each other's endeavors and efforts digitally. So cultivate those people because that is really, like I said, it's not one who dies with the most toys who wins, right? It's one who dies with, with all of the experience and all the enrichments of life and your social capital is part of that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here, Kyo. And you have been a blessing to uh, this show. And I'm just appreciate all the uh, insight that you gave us and just sharing this time with us. Thank you for having me. It's been really great. It's been great to talk to you and see you. I loved it. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And uh, we will have the show notes at the end that will have kind of all the tidbits and also how to reach you, all of your company information for people who would like to consult with you. And um, so please be sure to reach out to Kyo after the show. And and she's got all kinds of wisdom and insight that she can share. Right. Thanks, Sarah. I really appreciate you. I hope you have a really great week. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. That's all for this episode of Social Capital Experts. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.